And we've been doing this all day. I've been hearing some really good stories about the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives, and we're going to continue to do that today. We've been in this series called Alpha. Um, it's actually a, a 16, I think 16 video film series um, that's done in 12 weeks, which if you're like me, you're, that makes your brain hurt to do the math. Well, the reason it's in 12 weeks is because they encourage us to have one weekend where we focus on the Holy Spirit. And so you all those Holy Spirit talks are in one weekend, and we've decided to do that today. It's our Alpha Sunday, where we're just focusing on what the Spirit does and is doing in our lives, in the lives of the people of this congregation. And man, if, 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 you, don't, if you learn nothing else today, know that the Spirit is doing some amazing things. And just so you know, the fact that we can do anything, like anything at all, that even remotely approaches the word amazing is all because of the Spirit. Like the fact that any of us are even here today is because of the Spirit. Some of us made it, maybe needed a little more Spirit to get us here this morning today than others, but we can't do anything. This is a firm belief of us as Christians that we can't do anything of worth without the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Like I had some amazing cake this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I had some amazing waffle this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I had some amazing, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop, but you get what I'm saying. We can't even come to Jesus without the prompting, the nudging, and the moving of the Holy Spirit. In our first service, we talked about kind of how the Holy Spirit is an essential part of our understanding of who God is, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talked about how Jesus left us the Spirit as an advocate, a helper, a comforter, as one who empowers us to do these amazing things. And the important thing for all of us to remember is that Jesus left us the Holy Spirit so that we could do those amazing things now. Not in the sweet by and by, not on some glad morning when this life is over, not when we all get to heaven and the circle is unbroken, but now. The Holy Spirit is about here and now, this life. And here's another thing for us to remember about the Holy Spirit, and that's that Jesus didn't leave the Holy Spirit for the important people. People like Moses or Elijah or Mary or the disciples or people with pastor in their title. No, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will be poured out on everybody. Everybody, even you. Most of all, you. The prophet Joel shares one of my favorite scriptures about the work of the Holy Spirit. Joel's talking about the time to come, and he says in Joel 2, 28-29, And afterward, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream. You can't be too old for the Spirit. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. We know from what Jesus promised and from what happened on the day of Pentecost that the afterword that Joel was talking about in the Old Testament has now happened. That God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has been poured out. We've been talking about that for 22 days. We've been reminding ourselves at the top of every service. It's the 22nd Sunday after what? Pentecost. Lest we forget that the Holy Spirit has been 
poured out on us, on all people. You ever heard that word before, phrase before? All people, sons and daughters, old men and young men, men and women, all people. But it seems to me that throughout history, as a church, for some reason, and certainly in our day, we get together in a church and then we start to try to control. Control who has access to the Spirit, who has access to Christ's promise. We start to control who gets to preach, who gets to teach, who gets to sing, who gets salvation. We try to control. But the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that we cannot control the Holy Spirit. Try as we might. We can't command the Holy Spirit. We can't decide who gets the Spirit. We can't control what the Spirit does, where the Spirit goes. The Spirit blows where the Spirit blows, and that's all I know. I just made up a rhyme. <laughs> I've had a couple of people experiences in my life, though, of people trying to, and from a good place, meaning good, they try to control the Spirit. We try to control the spirit. If you didn't know, Methodists, we were like the original holy rollers. We were flying high with the spirit. We were getting slain with the spirit. Anybody here fall out lately? Just like fall out your pew and start speaking in strange languages, the tongues of angels. That, I call it, some people call it the Methocostal. The Methocostal strain is still alive in some of our churches. A lot of our churches, I've had the privilege of being a pastor at a few of those where there's this Methocostal undercurrent. I remember a beautiful soul in one of my congregations. She's just like godly woman, and the evidence of the spirit was like everywhere, like little trails of glitter, spirit glitter, after when she walked. And she often talked about how the spirit gave her this power, and that she was given the gift of tongues, of speaking in tongues. And she wanted me to experience that as well. Someone had given it to her, and she said, Pastor Mike, I'm going to give this gift to you. And man, I'd heard and I'd seen it in her. I wanted it, man. And so we sat in the sanctuary one day and we prayed and we prayed. And she took me hand, my hands and we prayed, prayed some more. She invoked the Spirit. She pleaded with the Spirit. She invited the Spirit. And I wanted the, the skies like to crack open, like the floor just, you know, like the, 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 the drapes on the walls to tear open and the Spirit just to plop right down on me. I wanted to get thrown to the ground and start speaking in tongues and waggling all over the place. And I got nothing. I got a whole lot of nothing. And I was so disappointed. She's like, you know, Mike, speak, Mike, speak. And I'm like, uh, no, I got nothing. And I felt like I did something wrong, right? Like I messed it up somehow. Now there are sermons where you might think I'm speaking in tongues, but I don't have that gift. The Spirit didn't share that one with me, and it's okay, because Paul keeps reminding us that everybody gets their own gifts, that we don't have all the same gifts, otherwise we'd all be thumbs. And if you're all thumbs, that ain't good. Another time in church, I was in a, it was a, well, it was somewhere between a prayer closet and a prayer room. There were like nine of us in there, and it was definitely a place for prayer, and we're standing around this young gentleman who had some serious back pain, and he was just struggling 
And we prayed and we prayed and there was this prayer group of men that met every Sunday and they prayed for the power of the Spirit to change the world. And we're standing around this young gentleman, prayer warriors, prayer healers, we're praying up and down and back again, praying for the heavens to come down, for the earth to open up, for miracles to sweep across the earth and for the Spirit to heal this young man. And we all said, Amen! And we opened our eyes and the prayer leader said, Well, and the young man was like, Ow, not yet. All right, so we did it again, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we called for the Spirit, and the Spirit was going to come down and change the world and change the young man. And one more time, well, no, it's still, so one more time, we prayed, and surely this was going to be it, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and so, and you could see his face like, just got to get out of here. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's feeling different now, <laughs> maybe a little better. And we're like, amen, the Holy Spirit. And then he hobbled out just the same way he walked in room. Spirit didn't come. Our leaders tried and tried again and again, urging the young man, like, just have faith. You just don't have enough faith. You gotta have faith. And I'm like, no, don't tell him it's his fault. <laughs> Moments like that sometimes might make you want to doubt the Spirit. Because, wait, the Spirit didn't come when I asked. I've learned again and again, and today, just hearing people talk, the Spirit's not going to come on our command. We can't control it. We can't tame it. It's not the, like some magic trick, right? <laughs> that I just call upon the name of the Spirit like I'm in Harry Potter, and I wave my magic church wand, and Expelliarmus, you're better. No. We can't own the Spirit. The trick of faith is to open ourselves to God so that we get owned by the Spirit. We can't own. We can only be owned. To be us controlled. That our life is under the control of the Spirit. That we are the ones who are guided and moved and empowered by what the Spirit would have us do and who the Spirit would have us be. I've been hearing stories all day about the ways in which the Spirit has been moving in the lives of some of our friends and our neighbors at faith, young and old, male and female, and we've got two more today, both young and female, that are gonna share with us today stories about how the Holy Spirit is alive and kicking and moving and shaping people in this very room if we'd only give up control and allow the Spirit to guide us. So I'm so excited, Barbara, Lundine is going to share, I put this on, is going to share our first Holy Spirit testimony today. Do you want this? Um, my name is Barbara Lundine, and I would like to read from Galatians 5, 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Paul tells us literally to walk and keep walking by the Spirit's power and guidance. So let me tell you now my experience. 
I know the Holy Spirit has been with me my whole life, but it wasn't until I fully surrendered my life to God that I became more acutely aware of the Holy Spirit working within me. In the Alpha class on one of the videos, they said that one of the ways God speaks to us is with a strong desire to do something. That strong desire came to me in three parts. First, in helping pack this mask for the backpack snack program, and especially working with the special education class students from Green Valley High. Working together and knowing we were making a difference in many children's lives that are food insecure was very fulfilling for all of us. I know I am a part of that program for a reason and I know that God placed me there. The second place I felt the strong desire was Loads of Love, United Women in Faith, Esther Group, has been going to Green Valley Laundromat for several months now. We are giving out chai pods, dryer sheets, and quarters to help people with their laundry. We had been going there on Saturday morning, but the last time we went in the afternoon. Shortly after we got there, we met Terry, whose story was sad and heartbreaking. Terry's house had burned on October 10th. No one was injured, but the loss to the house was devastating. She was loading up numerous washers with clothing that had been smoked filled. We gave her extra help and I gave her one of my angel ministry food packages. She thanked us over and over and over. And as I was leaving that day, I saw an older lady and her daughter starting to do their laundry and gave them tie pods, dryer sheets, and quarters. The older lady hugged me and she was glad that there were still Christians in the world. God placed us there at that right time to help these people. In the third, third place, I felt the strong desire was to start my angel ministry. My model is to spread a little joy out into the world every day. One of the ways I do this is by handing out angel, faith, and belief, calm inspirations to the people that I feel need them. Also, I have been taking five food packages when we go to the laundromat for loads of love. The food packages are filled with water, cereal, soup, cheese crackers, granola bars, and various other items. One man I gave one of the packages to said, you have no idea of what you've done for me. On another occasion, I gave a food package to um, Tan Laundry Supplies to a pregnant woman, and she was very happy and thanked me and said, what is the name of your church? These are all examples of how I feel the Holy Spirit is helping me to help those in need. My heart is truly filled with joy, a joy like I have never felt before with the Holy Spirit guiding my way, I believe I'm on the right path to fulfilling my purpose on earth 
with the grace of God beside me. I feel very blessed to be a part of this church. It has changed my life. Christian love and blessings go out to each and every one of you. What a testimony that it doesn't take a, a lot of us something simple like cheese crackers and some kindness to help someone else. So I get to wrap up today's talk with a little bit of my own. Last Saturday I was invited um, to go, um, I think I'm a little loud maybe, with my to see my daughter-in-law's little sister perform at a middle school musical in Gardner, Kansas. That's about a little over an hour from my home, but since we had someone from our faith family at KU Medical Center, I thought I'd use that opportunity to leave home a little early and stop and visit her on my way to the school. And as I arrived at KU, I don't know if you've been there lately, it's quite an ordeal to find a place to park and to walk and walk and walk to find the room that you need. And so I got to her room and she was asleep. And so I lingered in her room a little longer and just prayed for her. And I prayed that the Lord would bring her hope. And then I left her room quietly and went back to the elevator. And the elevator door opened and I stepped on with another woman and I asked what floor she needed. And she leaned her head back against the wall and she gave a real heavy sigh. And I said, it's been a long day. And she said, it really has. My son is dying. And I'm on my way to pick up my grandson to bring him back to say goodbye. And I said, I am so sorry. The elevator doors opened and we went our separate ways. And I moved on and went to the middle school musical, which is high school musical junior. Super fun really cute. Um, after the show, I took pictures of my son and my daughter-in-law and all of her family and um, celebrated little Lorelai. She was adorable. And they invited me back to their home, but it had already kind of been a long day and I was tired and the drive home was going to be long. And so I declined and said my goodbyes. And as I got in the car, I thought, you know, I should stop back by KU just to try again, to see if she's awake. And as soon as that thought came to my mind, I started to brush it away. You know, I was tired, and I don't like to drive after dark, and it was getting late, and the drive is long, and she was probably going to be asleep anyway, and I'd already paid for parking at KU once. I tried. And so my thoughts moved on to the next morning's worship service and different things. But you know, as I approached that turnoff for the hospital, I took it. It was the right thing to do. 
And so I found another parking spot and I walked and walked. And I looked up and walking toward me was the mother and her grandson. And we stopped and she reached for me and I held her as she cried. And my heart hurt for her. And I moved on to back to the elevator. It was open, so I started to step on and noticed only one person stepped off. And so I said, is this elevator going up? And they said, no, we're going down. So I stepped back and waited. The elevator doors opened and inside was a gentleman in a wheelchair and a woman standing behind him. And the doors closed and they looked at me and she said, do you know who we could contact to pray for us? And me, being me and forgetting who I am, said, well, I know the hospital has a spiritual care department and they have really good chaplains here. And then I remembered who I am and that I'm wearing my faith name badge and carrying my Bible. And I said, but I would be willing to pray for you if you would like. And they said, yes, please. And so we went on up to his floor and she led us to a quiet spot by the windows. And I asked if I could read some scripture. And so I read to them from Isaiah 41. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. And I asked his name, Bob, and I prayed for Bob and all his medical team. We had tender moments with the Lord together. And I went back to the elevator and to the room of my destination and she was awake. And she saw me across the room and she said, I have hope. And I said, what did you say? She said, the doctors have given me a glimmer of hope. She didn't know that's exactly what I asked him for her. And so we shared joy together at the news that she had gotten. And we spent some time. And I went back to the elevator. My experience is that the voice of a, the Holy Spirit is a gentle invitation, just a whispered thought in my head sometimes that I can easily brush away or talk myself out of. The thing is, I don't know if it's the Lord unless I respond and find out. What I believe 
with all that is in me is that God is eager to, for us to partner with him to do beautiful things. It is ours to listen and to ask him to help us to hear his gentle invitation, to be aware of where he is already at work, that we can join him. Our final Alpha question for this morning is how can I make the most of my life? And I really like Paul's answer to the, in his letter to the Romans in chapter 12. This is the message version with one word from me. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking to the elevator life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God has for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Amen.